You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. This week on the couch, we're talking with entrepreneur and business owner, John Kennard. That was crisp. Thank you. Appreciate you. Welcome, 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 everybody, to Carly's Couch. This is Lextopia. And Cece Fierce slash Carly Carpio, depending on where you're looking me up. Brother. Um, <laughs> we are in the top 50% podcast, y'all, so thank you, because hey. there is two zillion podcasts out, mm-hmm. and so we appreciate all the reviews, the ratings, um, and want to encourage you to continue to share the podcast with your people with your family, your friends, anybody who needs these episodes. Yo, I just shared it with somebody um, at the gathering spot. Like, oh, by the way, yeah, we have a podcast. Go ahead and look us up. There you go. <laughs> That's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once people start listening, like, they always ask me about it. Like, well, what are y'all talking about this week? Like, look at the look at Apple Podcast. <laughs> but um, we have a special guest in the studio with us today. Dun-dun-dun. I'll let Carly kind of tell her intro story because, you know, they got a whole <laughs> whole background here. Okay, so I love coffee shops, and I love third spaces and working at them. And so when I moved to South Central, of course, what do I do is I look up coffee shops. And I was like, oh, shit, there's one in walking distance. And so I got excited. I would never walk there again, but I got excited (laughs) and decided to walk over there and stumbled upon Coffee Del Mundo and our guest, John Kennard. Um, He was there behind the counter making drinks. Um, and it was really cool having this beautiful space where you can work and study in South Central where there's not a lot of those spaces. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first introduction to John and Coffee Del Mundo. But then fast forward, and I saw him again recently at the La Create Small Business Summit, and he was dropping major gems, and so we had to have him on for Black Business Month. Now, when you met him the first time, did you know he, it was his coffee shop, or were you just like, oh, it's cute barista? No, I actually knew it was, um, oh, okay. because he was, he was talking to a lady who um, obviously was like, oh, cute barista, but, uh, <laughs> but he was talking to her, and she was like, oh, this is your you place. you could tell he and, was in charge. Yeah, and he was just excited and sharing about how he opened it and why, and his like political dreams and a couple of other mm-hmm. things, which maybe he'll get into, um, or share. So that is kind of why I wanted him to come talk to us, because I feel like he got... A lot of experience in gems. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, John. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a amazing. My first podcast invitation. So what? Aww. Yes. You know too much to not be on podcast every week. <laughs> first of many, but we're honored right. to have you. Um, let me go ahead and hype you up some more and read your bio, which is awesome. Before we get started, so John Kennard is an entrepreneur and owner of Coffee Del Mundo and a business coach with the Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation. He has over 10 years of experience in organizational leadership, management, talent acquisition, business development, personal development, strategic planning, and public speaking. He has worked with executives from Fortune 500 companies to small businesses and startups. His work as a life coach centers around diving deep into your lifestyle and passions to build a more balanced lifestyle. As a business coach, his work focuses on identifying your core functions to strengthen the operational effectiveness through data-driven innovations. That's that's real. Woo! <laughs> I know. Y'all see why we so, need okay. him here? Yeah, so you guys, it's, it's still Black Business Month. Um, I know a lot of you all are also business owners or entrepreneurs, um, and Carly and I both are as well, so I clearly will have some questions for your boy. But before we ask questions to John, every episode we start out with questions from the couch. And this week we asked our listeners, what's a unique talent that not many people know you have? 
and I'm dying laughing at Nanero. Shout out Nanero, <laughs> the first one I, that I saw today. But she said, I can make a real good turkey noise. And <laughs> while that's weird, Tur- no, it reminded me, though, of, like, on Thanksgiving, my dad makes turkey noises all day, too. So I was like, I don't know. I might have to get the voice note, Nanero. So, right. I, I kind of want to do it, but I'm, I haven't practiced. Um, but, Nanero, I need the voice note of that, please. Thank you. Expeditiously. Right. Um, next is Nate. Shout out to Nate. He was a he is or was a spelling bee champion. So shout out to you. I was too. We gotta so test him too. Yeah, here. Yeah, we gonna send you. We gonna ask you some words. I still struggle with restaurant, but I know it. <laughs> but it just takes a second. I gotta be like restaurant. <laughs> so I have to do I'm still wedding this day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in the Caribbean, my aunt says wedding this day anyway. So I'll be like, okay, <laughs> or that <laughs> wedding this day. Another one, uh, shout out to my girl Allie in Tulsa. I'm an actor at heart and had several roles in my younger years, and she's looking to get back into it. So she's a Mm -hmm. DJ and a radio personality, Mm -hmm. but apparently an actress as well. That's cool. And then a couple other ones that we liked. One said he's a pretty good bowler, although I don't know if pretty good counts. She, I feel know. like she was underselling herself because she's one of okay. the people who does that. She's like, whoever you are, yeah. I am. <laughs> that guy. She probably, she probably in a whole bowling league type of noise. That guy's, I hate bowling. It's gutters all day. Um, and then <laughs> like the last you? one that I thought was interesting was um, I can walk on my hands for an unlimited amount of time, no cap. Yo, I asked him for a video. It's mad funny when people just like write how they talk. Um, he used an emoji, but I didn't want to copy and paste it on here. <laughs> But I asked him for a video though, for sure. So if we get that, I'll send that to you too. Interesting. Um, John, I hope you're thinking because you know we're gonna ask you in a minute too about your unique random talent. Okay. But first, Carly, Mm -hmm. what's what's your unique random talent? Um, Okay, so I'll say two because y'all know I'm not good at limiting myself. So first one um, is I sing. I don't sing. There's a difference, but I can carry it. So I sing. (laughs) The second one is I'm really good at picking fruit, like specifically Mm. watermelons and pineapples. Your girl don't miss. Like, (laughs) and it's not about thumping them hoes. I'm telling you. I'm not gonna tell you my secret yet, but maybe one day. But I'm you smell it delightful. Nope. But I'm delightful. Like I have not missed. They are so good, even out of season. I am uh, curious about that. Hmm. Okay. That's a good talent. That is. I don't even eat as much fruit as I should, but that's oh a good talent. God. Yeah, now that I eat more, it's like I'm learning. I'm also really good at mangoes. Avocados are easy to me, yeah, so that's yeah. not a thing. That's a feel thing. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like the other ones, oh, yeah. My random unique talent, I'll say, is So I speak some Romanian conversationally, and then I'm just really good at languages, period. Like Hebrew, Japanese, like all the all the wow. languages. So. Um, that's from my back in hanging out the past. with the Gypsy King. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's from my past life um, when I used to be on my uh, on my 007. But John, back to you. Okay. What is your unique talent that people don't know about? Unique talent people don't know about. Uh, I would. I'm gonna do two too. Okay, I like oh, that. He's one of those. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. Uh, I like to. I can sing, uh, but also I am a very good whistler. Like. Somebody else said that too, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, we're not gonna say that one. But like, you can be like, whistle and I, know the I song. Can, I can whistle. Like one of my dreams is to be on a commercial tune, and I'm mm-hmm. the guy whistling. You know, like one and of those jingles. Yeah, that, <laughs> like the light saw commercial. Yeah, that's doable. <laughs> like you tell Lex, she about to hit you. Like, yo, they right. need somebody. Yeah. They hey, need somebody. I will whistle that thing. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. must have really good breath control. I played the trumpet growing up. Uh, so yeah, go. that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Are you also a good runner or like aerobics because of that? Uh, no, I he mean, like, I, I, ain't, I, ain't I did just that. do my first half marathon this year, Yay. but that was a challenge and never again. I'm good. 
I signed up for I'm one in January. That's why I'm it's, like, it wasn't bad. It was fun. I just started running like a week ago. So. Hers is you the got pool, it. though. No, it's a half. Oh, it's okay. a half. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, don't play me. My heart dropped. I was like. <laughs> okay, now my comment is different. Right, right, right. I would say That's you better get your. Oh, damn, I thought it was a whole. Okay, I'm, I'm, I got, I got my program. Yeah, you're good. In. I'm, you're I'm good. good by yeah, believe. you'll be good. So let's get into it. So John, tell us about your story with entrepreneurship and Coffee Del Mundo. Like, what's the story there? Well, you know, I always knew, based on what I saw and observed, that the only mm-hmm. way to really be in control of your life financially was to own your own business. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that example with my parents. My mom, she opened up her own daycare. So I saw how she was able to go from one kid to two kids to like going back to night school to get certified and doing those things. And then my dad, on the other hand, he started a landscaping company. And so I saw him, his physical labor and going out and of course me working with him and, and seeing all of the hard labor, but also the fruits of that labor, how we were able to always have everything we needed taken care of. Um, We lived comfortably. We were able to travel a lot. Uh, My mom's from Belize, so we were able to go there, come out here to California. And so I always knew that I was going to own my own business, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And um, I just knew it had to be around my passions. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I love to do is travel. And so with Coffee Del Mundo, how that came about is because um, I get to travel. I get to go to these coffee farms, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, explore these amazing hidden places in the world that are really cut off from the world because it's so difficult to get to to grow Mm -hmm. this coffee. And uh, I love to cook, so I get to roast coffee and, and, and cook all of these different unique plants in a way that brings out aromas and tastes that we can present to our customers and, and let them know where it comes from. And then uh, the other thing was uh, I love coffee. <laughs> so now I get a good discount. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so that was beautiful. Um, I feel like I could smell the aromas a little bit. I'm not mm-hmm. going to hold you. Is it scary at all? Has it ever been scary to you to to start and run your own business? Uh, I would say scary to me is is a hard thing to kind of understand because mm-hmm. unless I'm, my life is threatened, I'm not scared, you know, but were there moments of fear where I, because of the unknowns or because of the challenges, I, I wanted to turn away and run the other direction? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I kind of saw those moments, especially with the examples of my parents. You know, my mom, she was an immigrant from Belize, highest education level, middle school, our middle school education. My dad, he went to high school and that was it. And so I saw them achieve levels of success, but then I also saw a lot of where they needed knowledge in order to mm-hmm. really make it scalable or, or sustainable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's where I knew I had to get that education. Mm-hmm. And so I went and pursued my uh, business degree to get that education to reinforce that mm-hmm. work ethic and that innovation and that ingenuity that they had. And, and that's how you know, I, I was ready, mm-hmm. and all of those fears were kind of taken away. But that's just in the physical realm. But I'm also a very spiritual, spiritual person. And so when you operate in your purpose and, and you submit to, you know, God, our higher creator, he'll show you things, and he'll provide that comfort in those moments of fear and that peace when that storm's out there and you could sleep on that boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have a question. So you love traveling. You were traveling to all these countries. Did you know that you wanted to go there for the coffee before? Or did you start the business and then start traveling with coffee? Like kind of what was the timeline? And then also why South Central for Coffee Del Mundo? Yeah, so I was already traveling before. And so I'd been to other countries. And so when the this trip to El Salvador came about because I always go visit my family in Belize during December. And so I had a friend who was from El Salvador and he goes back too. So I said, oh, well, when do you go? We're neighbors. Let me just visit, <laughs> stay with your family. And, and, and so I did that and they just happened to be coffee farmers. Mm. And so that's where I learned about it. And they were telling me their story and all the injustices and the system. And, and so I said, well, maybe I can help. And so I Say maybe someone mm-hmm. in America would like these beans. So I took some in my suitcase and just tried to start going to different importers and roasters, and nobody looked like us. Mm-hmm. And they were all very rejected everything that I had to say. So I was like, well, you know, this this is crazy to me. And the folks growing it are in poverty. I said, mm-hmm. so this is not just a small issue. This is a huge issue across the world, like affecting m- multiple countries. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how the passion behind Coffee Del Mundo came about, and we're all about, you know, what I call our SES model, which is service, education, and satisfaction. We want every time you interact with our company, you walk away feeling like you learned something that you didn't know about coffee that acknowledges the true narrative of where this thing comes from. Mm, I like that. And so is that something you would recommend that businesses should have? Like they should have some type of a, like that quick mission or what's my like statement that's guiding the work that we're doing? Is that helpful? I would say it's different for every company because there's so many ways to strategically make money in this world. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the reason why we're doing it is because when you look at the landscape of coffee companies in America, every experience is a Eurocentric. Mm -hmm. You're walking in and you're speaking Italian. Espresso, latte, macchiato, Mm -hmm. cappuccino. But coffee, and so everyone in America is walking around thinking mm-hmm. coffee is a European thing. Mm-hmm. I want to get a nice coffee, so I'm going to go to Paris or, mm-hmm. or, or England. But it erases that narrative and the authenticity of where mm-hmm. what, who coffee, coffee is. Ethiopia. And that machine that is based yeah. on wasn't even invented till the 1800s. So what about all that history before? So that's mm-hmm. why we're super intentional and why it works for us. That habit wouldn't have been adopted yet in America mm-hmm. as yeah. it is today. Because before coffee in America, previous generations was best mm-hmm. part of waking up, mm-hmm. Folgers oh, in your cup, yeah. the 10 yeah. cans. Yeah, basically. Or a 50 <laughs> <laughs> Who's paying $3 for a cup? Nobody. Not me. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all better get this economical coffee. Right. You know, they had the machines that popped down those like, yeah. pre-made ones. Right? We all remember <laughs> that. But that was American coffee, the drip. Yeah. American drip. You yeah. gonna get a pot, 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 Right? It wasn't until out. Starbucks came yeah. and became successful with this Eurocentric way of, pres- mm. of presenting coffee. And that's how... It took over America. Okay, Brother John, let them know. Open their eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he about to be the Dr. Umar of coffee. <laughs> Come on. But I, so I like that, though, because then it's like, it's not just what differentiates you all, but it shows, like, I like the education aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you're probably going to attract the type of folks, like, that matters to them. And, and they care. They care about how people are treated around the world and, and the like. Um, there's a black-owned coffee company that used to be a client of mine called Black and Bold yeah, and yeah. out of Iowa. They're in Target. And, mm-hmm, and that's, that's when we started working with them to help them, like, okay, how can, we, how can we make this bigger and crazy growth? But, like, their main focus, they were like, we want a 
um, all black owned supply chain. So yeah. even from the people they actually talked to in mm. Ethiopia to the roasters and certain people, that was a big part of it. Um, and so I think that's so interesting that they were struggling to, like you said, to find the people they needed. But um, I don't know. I wonder if there's space for more people of color in like the coffee industry or if it's like it's hard to get into or any or something like that. I think there's tons of space, mm. tons of space to do it differently. Um, typically, your coffee shop is, again, a European style neighborhood. Nothing's really unique about mm-hmm. it. I'm going there because it's close and I have a habit. Mm-hmm. And so to support this <laughs> habit, you are the closest thing to, to, to me, so mm-hmm. I love you today. But if mm-hmm. you close down and another one open right beside you, I will be right there, okay, yeah. and not even think about you no more. And so, you know, that's the coffee experience in America, but there's so much more room for people of color to have mm-hmm. ownership. And this is billions of dollars, mm-hmm. billions and billions it and billions huge. and billions of dollars. And we're not the ones being part of it. Yeah. I wonder if there's any like traditional Ethiopian uh, like coffee spots around like in the city. I've or seen some Arabic ones. I told you I like love third spaces mm-hmm. and coffee shops, mm-hmm. and so I've seen some like Middle Eastern ones well, they and do the it Turkish like how coffee, they do it. and they mm-hmm. have like a couple of those ones that I still want to try. But that's why I thought Coffee Del Mundo was so amazing because they even with like it, the world being oversaturated with Starbucks, I would say they're still not in the hood. Mm-hmm. They are still not in South Central. Mm-hmm. I had to drive far, so when yeah, I when yeah. I saw his shop. I was like, mm. oh, that's amazing. So how'd you end up in South Central specifically? So when I was creating this company, I wanted it to be in a community that was for me. I wanted to solve a problem for my community. Because one, if you don't know, people of color, specifically blacks and Latinos, we have a really high lactose intolerance. Mm-hmm. And that's not an accident. <laughs> you know, it, it's the reason why is because you know cows originated in Europe and parts of South mm-hmm. Asia. That's And what did the Europeans do? They decided to eat it, and it became carnivores, right? And what did the South Asians do? They decided to worship the animal and only use the milk for ingredients. And so we weren't exposed to cows until colonialization. And then even so, only the wealthy had it, because you had to have space, you had to have money to feed the cow, take care of the cows. So it was a real sign of wealth. But it wasn't until the American food pyramid that was that started in that Mm -hmm. Got Milk campaign that really pushed dairy and milk on us. And I remember even as a kid, like, I would always trade my milk because it always hurt my stomach. And so I would trade it for juice. I'd be like, hey, can I get your juice? Can I get your juice? And that was me learning business at a young age. Look, this ain't no value to me. Can I get your value of that juice? Right, right. And so knowing that history, I was like, okay, well, all of these, and also as a consumer going into these European style shops, it's a little bit of coffee, all dairy, all milk. Mm-hmm. And so the alternative was soy. I don't drink soy milk and it still messed me up. And so recently now we have options of oat milk and almond milk, but 10 years ago and even before then, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so as a consumer, it was really tough. So I said, I'm tired of going to places and having to find something for me. I want to go to a place that has a menu designed for me and I could pick anything on the menu and walk away happy. And so that's how intentional our menu is at Coffee Del Mundo and why it's 100% plant-based because we know Ooh. that our community can't drink that mm-hmm. and shouldn't really shouldn't Should, be drinking shouldn't it. Be. Um, but that's a whole nother episode. Uh, <laughs> and so that's that's how, what we do and to find so and I cool. uh, you know love to create and cook so Creating those menu yeah, items. Yeah, the little empanadas. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got mm-hmm. food too. We we used to have the empanadas. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We before COVID. Yeah, yeah things oh, have changed. Some yeah. Stuff. So so let's talk about that coming up, bringing COVID up, right? Because 
I, to me, I kind of consider it a different level of, like I said, having a business, but then a brick and mortar and like thinking about rent, thinking about certifications and, you know, your employees coming in and out and just so much more stuff to think about. Um, how, what did you guys do around COVID and, and what would you say about having a brick and mortar and like any challenges or, or benefit? I mean, obviously you have to have it, but like the challenges with that. And then real quick to add on to that question, I've seen a lot of like coffee carts and coffee other things. And so maybe like thinking about brick and mortar versus like a food truck or a pop-up thing. Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, so um, the space that I got was a live workspace. And so I had no plan on it being a coffee shop. It was mm. going to be an e-commerce business. And so there was a studio in the back in my warehouse in the front. So that's where I had the roaster. And then uh, I was doing that. But what happened was, in order to sell the coffee, people were like, oh, well, we want to, we need to know what it tastes like. Mm -hmm. So then I would have these taste experiences on the weekends, and open it up and like have to get tickets and do those things, and it, and people loved it, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a different experience, and it was all 100% plant based. And so they were like, man, you should just make this a shop, make this. A, we need. There's nothing oh. in the community so like this. You were selling this. the beans. Yeah, I was just okay. selling the beans. I know. As a business mind, mm -hmm. I know the hardest thing to do is a mm -hmm. uh, retail brick and yeah. mortar. That's yeah. the last thing I want to do. <laughs> I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get this e-commerce popping yeah. before I ever ship touch this retail. Yeah. Pack, mm -hmm. ship, go. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let me listen to the community. And this is why I'm doing this. And so um, I did a friends and family round, put together a business plan, did a friends and family round, raised 25000 and remodeled, moved out to a mm -hmm. studio and then remodeled it to what it is to, today and then opened up in July of Ooh. 2019. And then three right months later, COVID, COVID hit, yeah. Yeah, which was pretty terrible. Um, but, and we had just opened. So all mm -hmm. of these programs that came out for COVID was like, show us your records and mm -hmm. you had to be in business for this. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that wanted you to show a decrease in revenue. And I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not just, I can't sit on my hands and wait for yeah. a spoon from the government. What does that look like? That's not mm -hmm. me. I'm sorry. I'm going to continue to find solutions. And that may be one day part of the solution. Mm -hmm. But for now, it ain't. So let me go find these solutions. And so because of COVID and the restrictions, we went to bottling our cold brew. Because mm. I had never thought of doing that ever. And not in the business plan. No, I never thought of it. And so started bottling the cold brew, and that started to change the game nice. for us because it was easy, accessible. You couldn't get it anywhere else. There's, the taste was still super fresh because we used mm -hmm. no preservatives. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was picking up on it. And then that really saved my business. And of course, and I also got a grant from, um, I got into this cohort for Grid 110 and Pledge LA, mm -hmm. and I got a $25,000 grant. And nice. I also, for three months, moved out of the shop. Well, I had my studio downtown, and I subleased that to an artist, mm -hmm. rented an RV, and parked that thing in the back of the shop, <laughs> and for three months lived in the RV so I could, because I couldn't pay for both. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let me let someone else pay for the rent, because mm -hmm. the only thing I'm going to pay for, I'm going to keep my baby alive, yeah. okay? I'll sleep in the RV. That's fine with me. I, I go to the gym all the time anyways. Mm -hmm. I'll shower there. Uh, and so I did that, 
And that's how, you know, Coffee Dumb Windows fit alive. Mm -hmm. And in that summer of 2022, with all the social injustice going on, oh, that yeah. was one thing that was a big boost. It ended up being for Black and Bold because now people were looking for black businesses yeah. to support. It was like a... Boy, white people were like, take my money. <laughs> it was crazy. And I wish was that like, was still happening, but... That's yeah. what it went like, though. <laughs> I thought that one was going to be the one. Like, things are going to change. And mm -hmm. it, it lasted kind of long, but... And I told people, too, I was like, don't fool. Don't be fooled. Yeah, don't be it fooled. You... This money is not gonna come again. Mm -hmm. Don't think this they is gonna continue. They turned up for the summer though, and that was it. Writing checks, pockets open, mm -hmm. banks writing all of this money. And I work in economic development, mm -hmm. and I can tell you the banks, they are not writing those checks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're over it. <laughs> okay, so so that's really cool hearing about your story and the way you've been moving with your business. Um, let's talk in general for like other business owners or people interested in business. What are some consistent issues and like regular things you kind of seeing with small businesses when it comes to operating effectively and efficiently where you're like man I see just so many people making the same kind of mistakes and maybe less of a mistake and sometimes it's just like I wish you knew this mm -hmm. like what are those things that you see I would say the first thing is the wrong mentality uh, and the wrong systems to sustain a certain mentality that it takes to be a, a successful entrepreneur. Because we can all be an entrepreneur, but I tell people, you know, you just have a hobby. You're, mm -hmm. That's not a business, that's a hobby. And it's okay to be a hobby, but to be a business, it takes a certain mentality. And before I can coach you on your business, I gotta coach you on your life. Because if your life ain't in order, it's gonna be really hard to put a business in order. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as one thing turns left in your life, there goes your business. And all of this work goes out the window. So before I invest into you, I'm going to start with the fun foundation of where your mindset is because a lot of us come from trauma. A lot of us mm -hmm. come from places of scarcity, and that scarcity flows up to our mentality and mm -hmm. thinking of all of the reasons why we should fail instead of all the reasons why we should succeed. Mm -hmm. And so initially, that's the first thing I, I think about is, is the mentality. What, what kind of content are you consuming? What kind of books are you reading? Who are you surrounding yourself with to reinforce the direction that you said you want to go? Mm -hmm. Because if it's different than what you've been doing, that means it should be some new people and some different experiences that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. that so that's the first. Sense. Yeah, the foundation is important. Um, and I like the examples because that was going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. um, so for some of these companies, if people are starting them, um, you mentioned data-driven solutions and, and that. So what kind of data should businesses really be paying attention to? So for me, it's all about the number one and number two job of your business. Number one thing is to market it so people know about it, and the second thing is to sell it. So you should have a lot of metrics on how you market and how people interact with the identity of your brand. So there's, you know, people have, there's ways you can track where people's eyes go and mouses mm -hmm. go on your computer to see what resonates with them, but there's so much data that allows you to track so many different pieces of information. But in our generation, in our world now, there's an overwhelming amount of information. And so half the battle is accessing the information, mm -hmm. and then the other half is interpreting it and analyzing it. Mm -hmm. And so there's some key strategies that I like to use, um, and I teach these in a, in a course um, with Vermont Slauson, and it's all free through the city. Um, but those are the, some of the types of things that you would need. 
So can you give us some more information on the course while you're speaking to that? Like where can people find that? Or is it like certain times? Is it is it online? Yeah, so absolutely. So we do this uh, twice a year. So it should be again in the fall, we're gonna run the course and it's called the CEO series. And we're doing this because again, outside of the mentality, the second thing that people really need is the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I remember growing up and everybody would be talking about the Spurs. The Spurs, they're not really flashy, but they got the fundamentals and they won all these rings. I remember there's a ring after ring and, and everybody, the fundamentals, fundamentals. And so when it comes to business, there's key fundamentals that you need to understand. And the first one is that you need to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And how do you calculate all of those numbers to tell you Am I actually making money or am I losing money? Mm -hmm. And how much does it cost me to make this money? Mm -hmm. So those types of things. And so our CEO series can be found at vermontslawsonvsedc.org. They'll be posting it there when we'll have our next cohort. And it's a nine-week cohort. And afterwards, you're able to enter a pitch exhibition that we select the top uh, contestants to enter into our annual pitch competition, which this year, the grand prize is $25,000. Nice. So that's that's one of our big changes this year because in my story that y'all heard, you know, for some reason, (laughs) 25,000 is really impactful. And so in the past, we would give out an award for 2,000, 5,000, but Mm -hmm. I said, no, no no more. I said, that doesn't do nothing. That's your Mm quick books. That's exactly. So (laughs) we need to make a real investment Mm -hmm. and write a real check. So this is the first year we're going to, we're doing this and it's the biggest amount that we're ever given out, but I think it's going to be the most impactful um, year that we're, that we've had. That's great. That's so exciting. And I, I love how much it seems that you're giving back because I mean, that's, like you said, like everything is just coming back around like that. Um, we just did an episode a couple weeks ago on six more things we learned from business. It was like a part two to one we did before. And one of them was raise your prices because a lot of times we get stuck, like you said, coming from scarcity and all that. A lot of times we get stuck where we want to help people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you scared to be like have high prices. And then you realize all this time, like everybody around you is doing five times as much and getting easier work to do, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, it's like you really have to know your numbers. Like, how much is this costing you so you know if you're actually making something? Otherwise, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. Um, And so I want to use that to go into the idea of selling because that was the second thing that you said was really important. And that's something that a lot of people also feel kind of grimy about Mm -hmm. doing, right? You feel Mm -hmm. icky about selling. And yet, and let me not take from your answer, but if you look at yourself as like, I'm helping you out. Like I'm, I'm providing you something of value. You shouldn't feel like that. So can you talk about selling? Um, it's obviously important, but like, how can we kind of reframe around that? You know, uh, initially I was not a salesman. I'm very good at public speaking. I'm very good at selling an idea, but as far as actually asking you to write me a check, I don't feel, it was hard mm-hmm. to feel comfortable about that. And so what I did is I immersed myself in training and practice. And how did I do that? I was worked for this 100% commission insurance company. So and we and we worked with all the unions, mm-hmm. all the union members. So my job was to go to a union member's home and explain their benefits and help mm-hmm. them enroll in whatever they needed. And and at the end of the day, I had to ask them for the okay. So now that would be this much per month mm-hmm. and get the check right. And get so I I wasn't that good at first because of that. That, it is scary. 
it, it's just my personality type. So regardless of even any upbringing or any, just my personality type, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at all them personality tests, it does not say salesman, okay? <laughs> um, it says thinker or philosopher or something like that. Or um, And so I wasn't good at it, but I challenged myself and I knew this is the environment that I need because sales is, from all mm-hmm. those books I read, they were expert salesmen mm-hmm. in their craft. And so I had to get those skills. And so I was able to sell to so many different people from all different backgrounds. We were working with, I was talking with engineers, teachers, ironmen, steel workers. So I was able to really craft and hone that skills over four years to where eventually I was the regional manager for Orange County and mm-hmm. training and teaching. And then I started and revamping the whole training program to te- be more okay. effective in sales. And so once I got that skill, I realized it's time for me to start my mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. I got the skill. I can sell anything. I can sell it. I can do it. I can communicate it. I can. We can do this. You're right. The more you do it, the easier it gets to be. It's like, all about like my practice. Emails over, so I. This is like my. I'm going to my 13th year of of owning my business. And at first, you're like writing all these paragraphs, and now it's just like it costs 10k. I need this by next week. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> it gets yeah, easier. Yeah. Um, but another thing is that people don't think about much is like a big part of selling is listening. And being a big, good business owner is like actually listening to what people need. Yeah. And then, like, we all know smooth talker people where it's like, dang, you're just smooth. Like, no matter what you say, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And they know how to use what you're saying. Um, and it's not manipulation, but like, talk about like moral slash ethics and business and how it's like, you know, is it all about like, okay, let me get the dollar or like listening to people, caring about what they have to say and, and the like? To me, it boils down to a solution. You are providing a solution for somebody, for something. And so hopefully that solution is valuable to someone. And over time, that value grows and you're able to create even more value from what you're doing. And that to me is what it's all about. For Coffee Del Mundo, I was solving a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I was tired of going to these Eurocentric shots that wasn't made for me. And I wanted an experience for me that gave credit to the people who actually grew the thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's my solution. And thank God other people needed that solution too. And so we're here today. Now that's amazing. Um, you said that whenever you got comfortable with selling, that's how you knew it was time for you to start your business. So when you're working with people, um, what are some things that you look for like that help them know they're actually ready to start a business versus it just being a hobby in addition to mindset. So you got your mindset straight. What's next? I would say the discipline to follow through Mm -hmm. with the little things. Mm -hmm. I I can tell based on our first meeting and the next meeting, if if you didn't do certain things Mm -hmm. or you in between then didn't communicate that you were having issues doing the same things, it's it's the mentality. Oh, we still got to focus on that mentality because as a business owner, you have to communicate. You have to communicate and be very effective at communication because you have customers depending on you. Mm-hmm. And depending on what type of product you have, it may mm-hmm. be life or death situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coffee's not that serious. For- <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, people be upset when they don't yeah. have their caramello. Where's the sauce? I came, I drove all, I've been thinking about this all week. This is my treat Tree, yep. because I had a really stressful week. And the only thing that I really love because it's plant-based is this caramello. And you telling me today... You don't have it. So you got to communicate. Communication. You got to care, too. Like, some, yeah. 
I think people don't realize. Like, actually, I don't really care about this, and I don't, I don't think everybody has to be a business owner. Like, it's no. just it's not for everybody. It's, not. And it, and it's like that's it's okay. Not. It's okay. <laughs> you have to have a certain level of like ownership and care and and ambition. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah. Because sometimes you gotta live in your RV behind the shop to make sure everything's going. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. ready to sacrifice or sacrifice their time or what it takes, like late nights, early mornings, the rejection. <laughs> right. yeah. Like I feel like rejection is a huge one mm-hmm. and learning to roll with that. Um, in your bio, you talk about helping people learn to do a balanced lifestyle. Yes. What does that look like? Like what does a balanced lifestyle look like and what can business owners do to create that for themselves? So for me, it's all about creating life systems. What in your, to operate in your ideal self, if you had unlimited funds, unlimited resources, what would that look like in the next 30 days? What would that look like in the next quarter, in the next year? And so by studying a lot of great people in this world, I adopted habits and created what I believe are my systems that allow me to be in this balance because Balance is all about adjustment. You will have moments of highs and you will have moments of lows, but balance is the ability to tilt the scale this way or tilt the scale that way. It's not about avoiding the highs and the lows, it's about understanding them and what you need to do to tip the scale. So for me, what does that look like? I work very hard, I'm very ambitious. I I have a lot of projects on my plate because again, I'm very ambitious and I love what I do. So every quarter at the, the last weekend of every quarter, I'm taking a trip, I'm out of here. Whether it's camping, twice a year I try to go far, twice a year I go local, mm-hmm. so it's easier. The last weekend of every month, I'm off at the shop. I'm out of here, I'm doing whatever I need to do because I know in order for me to be happy and healthy and to love what I do every day, I need those moments to reflect, moments to just unplug. Whether I need it or not, mm-hmm. it's a breath of fresh air. And I can continue working if I decide to, but it's already planned. It's already, and everyone around me, I communicate. Everyone around me knows. That's mm-hmm. the boundaries. You know, before a certain time, Jonathan's not answering his phone. After a certain mm-hmm. time, I, I'm not answering my phone. Whether it's life or death, I'm not a doctor. And I'm not Jesus. Call somebody else. Call somebody else. Leave a voicemail, leave a memo. I'll get back to you. But my balance and peace is very important because. This is my life. I love you, but this is my life. And I need to do the things that make me aligned with my purpose in a way that I can do it happily and freely. I like that. And um, we talk about rest being really important Mm -hmm. when you are doing your own thing because uh, what I kind of find a lot of times, it's like like a mental drain more than anything physical. Mm -hmm. It's just like you're just... You can get tired and weary and you're overthinking and thinking about, you know, the workers and, and so many things. And it's easy to, like, just be overwhelmed. Can you talk about working smarter and tools you could be utilizing or things that maybe people may not think about that could help make things flow a little bit more? I would say one of my favorite tools, and it not just helps me in business, and but also in life, is a bullet journal. I am an avid bullet journaler. I Everything is written in there. My notes, my schedule, my calendar, everything is written in there. And that's that, and I have time to, to sit down and plan that every quarter, these next three months. This is the things that I'm doing. So I think as a 
business owner, you have to be really good at planning out your future because a lot of the decisions that you make today, mm. it's too late. I didn't mean to that loud. <laughs> That's it, so hard. It's too late. A lot of the decisions, if you wait to decide today, it's too late because in order for this to have happened, you would have had to decide this 30 days before that. And in order for you to make that decision, you would have had to sit down and know this answer. Yeah. Mm. And so that's really where I believe a lot of business owners get flustered is, is they start burning the ends at both, mm -hmm. the candle at both ends, trying to work hard. And I mm -hmm. find myself in that situation. And that's why, for me, I have to be motivated to work hard because I'm, I'm not working. I'm, I'm just living life. I'm yeah. doing what I love. So yeah. in order for me to be motivated, I need to have a benchmark or a set goal or know that the next seven days I'm doing this. So that way the next three I'm doing this. So when people look at me and they say, oh, well, you need you don't need to work as hard. I say, yeah, I do. I got this. I'm, I'm working for the next seven days. But after that, I'm free. So then we can kick it, mm -hmm. you know. And so mm -hmm. all of my friends know last month, uh, last weekend of the month, if there's anything going on, you can hit me up and I will respond. Yeah, let's do it. What's good? Yeah. But any other weekends, where am I at? At the shop, working, doing an event, doing this, because that's what I need right now in my life. Now, when the business grows and flourishes even more. Maybe it's two weekends, three weekends, yeah. all the weekends, <laughs> all right? Of them. Right? All of them. So it all really depends. Man, look, you over here reading me right now. I ain't invite you on the show to do all that. Um, but so we did our, so it's Black Business Month. And so um, you've already shared some amazing things. Um, but can you share like a firestorm of ideas or advice, the things that you share with, you know, your clients or people who come to you for life coaching, helping all that around like thoughts around getting funding, around marketing, like your top business advice. If you had a couple bullets to throw out there. Okay. We're going to go take it back to what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. First of all, nobody wants to help someone who hasn't helped themselves. Mm -hmm. Facts. Big facts. There's a lot of talkers in this world, but there's not a lot of doers. Mm -hmm. And even the doers, there's not a lot of ones that do it consistently. So what everybody, your mama, the bankers, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, your friends, what everybody wants to see is consistency first from you and your, what you have based on your resources before I trust you with any of mine. And mm -hmm. so tracking what you're doing is, is key. Tracking your marketing. I put this post. It got this much. We have this many followers. We have this much engagement. So if I you do invest in me, mm -hmm. these are the kind of returns you're going to get mm -hmm. for sales. We sold this many items. It, our cost of goods is this plus the little 2% processing fee, and this is our profit. So you always know your ROI. You from always you know, your know your numbers. Otherwise, you're wasting you your time. Yeah. You got to know where you are. You don't know your business. Who knows your business? Why would I trust you? People if you really don't, don't know your business, either. I'm not going to trust mm -hmm. you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's the key is really can you communicate what you've done through a sales, marketing, and return on investment point of view, and do you do it consistently? And once you do that, then I'll say, wow, you a little cash would give you a little boost mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. get you to make a little more to where this is sustainable for you. So, yeah, I'll get you that money back. I know you'll be able to pay it back because I see your growth. Mm -hmm. I see your work ethic. But more importantly, I see you as a consistent person because that's what they're banking on is you. Mm -hmm. Not any of that. It's you. I always hear that companies like invest in people. They buy people. Yes. They don't ever. It's not the product. It's not whatever. That's why people are able to sell ideas because they trust you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my last question for you, John. 
Tell us, tell us a little bit about these vocals. So before we hit play, <laughs> my man was just talking about being on stage and and mm-hmm. it's playing the trumpet and all kind of things. So can you tell me about the importance of the other things you do in your life outside of business? Um, what those are? It might be something else that you do too, but uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So my whole, uh, I guess, brand online brand is hustle to create mm-hmm. because I believe that. We do a lot of consuming in this world, mm. but ultimately we were born in the image of our creator. And if you look around, there's some amazing things in this world. So we're supposed to be creating some more amazing things mm-hmm. and contributing to this world. So again, I don't feel like I'm ever working with my business. I'm looking at a report just to see, just to measure my passions and my love that I get to do every day. Um, but with singing, I've been doing that since I was young. And it's something I love to do. It's part of my life system is to share my art with the world, whether it makes money, whether it brings something to the table. I don't really care. That's what the business Mm -hmm. side is for. That's the money. But this is more for just art. I love to I love it. And I want other people to enjoy it as well. I could see you being the kid, like at Christmas, when they were like, come on out, John, and do that Michael that Jackson impersonation. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Every Christmas to this day. We did day. that to my, my youngest brother. He was he was always like the star, and me and my other brother were like always in the back on the side for every holiday. That was me, singing from the church solos <laughs> yeah. to my first Not theater was day. kindergarten, and yeah, it uh, through my whole life. Is I there anywhere it. we can see you sing, or like, can we listen to you on Tidal or Spotify or anything? I do have song on iTunes, Spotify, um, and on Thursday nights at the Rhythm Room downtown LA. Oh, I, I, like I perform there sometimes. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, it's pull up. they bring in all different types of artists, mm-hmm. and um, it's an amazing experience. And then hopefully soon I'll be putting out some more uh, some original music. And you can also check out my Instagram for clips upcoming mm-hmm. and YouTube. So cool. Doing more music this year for sure. Oh, we will see nice. you at the Rhythm Room mm-hmm. on right. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, not next week with the hurricane, mm-hmm. but after that. <laughs> okay, so at the end, we always do a shout out. Um, what are you currently working on? Where can people find you? What do you want them to look at or support? Like, how can they support you? Well, I would say visit the shop, Coffee Del Mundo. Visit our site. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Coffee Del Mundo LA. And that's how you can support us. Um, support to me is in many ways, but the most powerful ways is sustaining our business to continue mm-hmm. growing. And we're growing. I'm very grateful. And uh, we hope to continue to be an impact. Yeah, if y'all are in L.A., make sure you go mm-hmm. to the shop. And can, go you yeah. 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 can you oh, buy beans? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I would do that. Because I... Yeah. Ever since I'll say from working with Black and Bold, that's when I really start turning up on my coffee vibes. Oh, yeah. So like now I'm like I gotta get the fresh roasted, like grind them I up. I roast it fresh. Coffee, oh, yeah. yeah. That's so fresh. so I'm gonna have to to grab the little four pound bag. That's right. Okay, here we go. I'll check y'all out. Thank you so much, John, for being here. Um, I feel inspired. I feel like I need to hit you on some uh, to be my work therapist on a couple of questions <laughs> later. Um, but we're so glad that you're here. Hopefully the listeners got something out of that. I'm sure they did, because we did. Um, and best of everything, success with your business. Not luck, success. Because you're you. hustling to create. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And 
y'all look at his site too, hustle2create.com, because you offer coaching mm, and things yes. as well. Yes. So if you're oh, looking so for business for coaching, coaching <laughs> look, if you live in business. LA County, you can go through the, the vsedc.org and request me as your business cool. coach. And oh, that's there free. we go. Oh, let me but if you're outside that. of LA County, you Because I'm actually yeah. hustling to create, too. like, so, so we're, we're doing really, really well. It's just, there's just certain things where it's like, I'm not being a little too slack here, but also it's like, you know, I want to honor myself and not be trying to do too too much if that's not my my vibe. Yeah, anyway, just figure out I'll your pace. Out. Yeah, and we'll yeah, define that. That's the key is understanding yourself, so then you can hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you know you base it off of how you feel every day, yeah. the world is <laughs> gonna get you. The world gonna get you. Okay. It is. That's very true. Thank you so much. And to add one thing. Oh, go ahead. It's okay for business owners to have coaches. Look, he Mm -hmm. said he talked to somebody to help them grow. It's okay for trainers to have trainers. That's Mm -hmm. actually how you level up and get to the next level. So if you do feel stuck, really look at these programs. Find a coach. Pay for somebody Mm -hmm. to help you get to the next level because they might be able to see things Mm -hmm. in your business or in you that you're not seeing because you're always so close to it. Yeah, you got to get out of your own way sometimes. That's right. But that was all. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.